Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast, or welcome to the friggin' show if this is your first time. I'm always like, checking myself, is it the first time, or are you a regular listener? This is how heady I get about intros. I think this is like my 15th take. I'm just going to be honest. This is the episode to be honest and unreal. You know, I want to get it right. I want to feel good about what I'm saying to you, and um, also be succinct, because this is a longer episode. And for good reason. I'll, I'll explain a little bit why now, but listening to the length of this thing will let you deepen your understanding why it matters. So know that you'll get there. You'll be like, oh, I see why it's this long. All these parts matter. This whole story matters. This whole conversation matters. But all the, all the things about our conversation matter for a couple specific reasons that I'll mention now. Um, and yeah, oh, I'm sorry. This is Ned. I'm your host, Ned Buskirk, for your Creatively Conscious Mortality podcast. You're going to die, the podcast. So welcome. Get your ear canals in here. We've got some pillows and things set up for your your ears so they can just climb in and feel safe and held. We can give them blankies, make themselves at home, just a place for your ear canals to be connected and ear canal community. Um, and... Um, maybe feel a little more alive here in this mortality context. Um, so welcome. This episode is with a couple of my dear friends, Scott Ferreter and Morgan Bolender. They make up a duo called The Feelings Parade. And first of all, once you really get the conversation absorbed into your heart and through your ears, right down into your heart, the depths of your heart, you can take action in the world, which is follow up by getting their new album that comes out tomorrow. If you're listening to this episode on the release date, great. Their new album, Let It Move You, comes out tomorrow, the day after this episode comes out. So you can just go order that, order the vinyl, like go listen to it, probably streaming in many places. So that's something to know. Like there's things to get to and we'll share a track in the episode too. So you can just like immediately get some music after a really sweet and uh, I think entertaining conversation, moving, funny, all the things friends hope they get, at least my friends and I hope we get when we're together. And and worth noting really quick, wow, this is the first time that I have done an in-person interview in uh, 50 episodes, 45, 40 episodes maybe. Um in fact, the last time I think I did an in-person interview was with these two. Um, and you can go back and listen to that at another time. It gives a little more backstory to their role in, in the context of you're going to die. And that does matter a little bit here because that is part of where the story begins. Scott Ferreter, Morgan Bolender, and I, we talk about this in our conversation. We all met at You're Going to Die. Morgan and Scott met each other for the first time at You're Going to Die. And they became a couple and they became a musical duo after that. And so that's an important part of the story. 
but what's like next in the chapter, the conversation uh, will give you the story of the last couple years. And why that's especially important for what's ahead is because the album, Let It Move You, comes out tomorrow, their new album, and because we're doing a show for their album release on Tuesday, September 13th. That's happening at Freight and Salvage in Berkeley. Tickets are available now. One thing I did want to add is this quick story. Uh, This week, we did a, a grief session, a workshop, if you will for lack of a better term. I mean, really, it's like our open mics. It's an opening to hold space for community. And the specific community we held the space for was uh, a city college here in San Francisco. After they're going through over 100 layoffs of teachers, community members, of course, academics in their context, we made room for them to share about that and all the feelings and things coming up around that major loss. And... The night before that, I watched this episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which I love. Uh, The episode I watched was about mental health in the United States, especially like mental health care and the lack thereof, mostly. And one of these interviews is this guy up in, I don't know, maybe the South somewhere, but like mountainous context. He seemed like lumberjack-ish. I don't know that lumberjacks exist anymore, but this is like someone working in that. Like imagine the cliche versions of who that might be. This big masculine guy talking about how it's been hard and maybe especially the last few years and how when you would tell someone that they tell you his his words suck it up buttercup that's like the sentence which i feel like we've all heard some version of in our life it's like stop crying pull up your bootstraps get to it get over it and in mental health context it's like wait that's the advice that's the answer And of course, he described like, well, then he would just go and maybe have a couple shots of Jack Daniels in the middle of the day or a six pack of beer at the end of the day. Like these are the ways he he started dealing with this this mental health uh, stuff, the anxiety, the stress, the whatever existential dread you fill in the blank. Um, We all have some version of that. But that was what he was doing to kind of like get through it, numb out. Um, but anyway, that phrase, suck it up, buttercup, just stuck with me. And the next day I'm in this session with this city college. And and uh, <laughs> I mean, one thing I'm proud of and hope happens a lot and want to happen in the podcast is like some humor, you know, lightness. And I love this episode because Morgan Scott and I have that where we joke and we're also emotional. There's some crying, but the dynamic of, of like humor up against heartbreak and uh, our events have always kind of held that, not just from me, but other other people too, making room for even after my mom died, that version of where I was fully just destroyed. And then suddenly I have this euphoric moment of laughing hysterically and genuinely. Um, But in this session with the city college, I articulated and acknowledged this, this phrase and how our culture does it to us. The suck it up buttercup, like teachings and lessons programming us, get over it, move on. And, and also like, no, your insurance won't cover a therapist, (laughs) you know? And so I said to this group, most of which are, they've not been in our spaces before. So it was really like purposely suddenly this hilarious way of putting it, but also an invitation. And I was like, no, it's not suck it up buttercup. It's, um, uh, cry it out Brussels sprout. And so 
this is me trying to get our listeners, this community to use that phrase. Uh, and it is the subtitle for this episode. We're, we're kicking out um, kindly and gently, uh, suck it up, buttercup. And we're going to start replacing it with cry it out, Brussels sprouts. Like you can do that here. And you can do that with these two. And what they've been able to do is, is be held through their things by community and the people that love them. And they've been able to use music to, to survive. And this album that they have coming out tomorrow, Let It Move You, is a result of that work. And it's so then also a way of them giving back, I think, to community that love them and their listeners, their, their fans, but also anyone new. And I think anyone new here that doesn't know about the Feelings Parade and is getting introduced to these two here will get like, this music's for you for all the things you've been through, like that you can cry it out into these songs and the songs will hold you. And yes, it is a lot to hold, but that's our, that's our work, you know, in community together. And that's, that's something you're going to die is created for me. And it's a mission of ours. It, it's really what drives most of what we do and offer. So that's it. Welcome Brussels sprouts to this episode of You're Going to Die the Podcast with my dear friends and two amazing musicians, The Feelings Parade. I think I've let go of any kind of thinking that I know how something's going to land for someone mm -hmm. else, especially working so intimately with this music and we've got you know, all of our thoughts and feelings about the different songs that we've already put out. And we're like, oh yeah, this is the one, like mm -hmm. this is, and then it'll be just crickets, <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, or that, not necessarily. Yeah, but, well, of course, well, there are crickets. Literally, yeah, there they're are, literally but, crickets. Well, ooh, <laughs> that one was Scott, you guys. He's great at making animal sounds. Um, what I want to know is, I, first of all, I don't believe that this idea, yeah, the crickets thing is trippy. I'm, um, having stuff land where you're not sure. I, I'm, there's a lot of threads I'm going to pull out here and I want to get focused though. And I'll, I think I'm going to just, I just think we should back up or we should back very far up because I think we can't go forward into some of these elements without getting this story, more of the story. Mm -hmm. okay. And part of me feels like really the returning going back is kind of what, like pre-pandemic. I'm like, when does the story really begin? And I guess you guys have to, say so what's the like beginning of this you're you are you really are you are at this is what it feels like to me you are at the album coming out what is the beginning of this yeah. story i'd say i mean it's us meeting that you're going to die okay, no joke you know, that that i mean yeah and sure. in that we both then entered into without knowing it a covenant an agreement with this entity beyond us that just kept leading us along and kept having us be more together than we expected to yeah um and that led to us being in the odd situation of having done quite a bit of touring together but not having actually made an album together yeah, yeah. and Which, yeah when i hear you say that and i've and every time i hear that i'm like there's got there's got to be six albums right right, right. <laughs> and it feels that way. And we're in so many ways, like the thing is at that level of maturity mm. that normally a thing 
only arrives to after having made many albums or, yeah. or a few or one at least. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were, we went to Europe for the first time mm-hmm. and, um, on, touring. yeah, touring for yeah. the first time. It was also my first time in Europe period, but, um, on the flight back, we were in that just big, like, uh, expansive up in a plane 30,000 feet perspective and we were talking about like what's next and it was really clear um we want to put the full band together get all the sounds in our head i I haven't heard this out yeah Mm -hmm. we wanted to um because it's funny you know like i feel like i can especially see it in my own body when i like see footage of myself performing acoustic songs it's like he's hearing more than yeah <laughs> that person oh, is hearing like, that person that, is hearing more that's than really good that's like my first version of you is you on stage at <laughs> yeah. you're going to die yeah. which i feel like that probably is when you came like the first time you came scott's the feature of the open mic and you're on stage moving like that's what i that's what you just described as what i oh, think yeah. i was seeing which was that you 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 were hearing like eight instruments, yeah. Yeah. you know, was, or yeah. like 15 bandmates. Right. Yeah, and everybody's totally. just hearing and you like one very up. passionate fellow yes. with a guitar. Yes. Um, yeah. So we were ready to get all the sounds that we had been grooving to for all those years out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that meant putting a band together. Well, real quick, what was it about Europe that made you guys have that moment on the plane? Space from very America specific mm. trauma that I think is just so ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for me, at least it was, it was like the healthy version of me can have the big picture perspective to go, well, what do I want to do next? Yeah. Well, what's important to me, what's needed and what steps could I take to get there? And I think that I had been so consistently, um, stressed and so consistently afraid mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't had access to that in just a couple months of, um, it's really interesting, like guns were really on our mind while we were there because we had the space to think about them as a thought as opposed to just a lived reality. And um, it was actually feeling not to like, downplay any kind of violence but it actually kept feeling quaint when i would have the thought like oh we're in a neighborhood we don't know well like somebody might pull a knife on me and that just seemed cute in the scheme of things like well i feel like no coincidence right i mean the amount of times there's shootings in the united states but while you were gone there was i feel like there was a really significant like occurrence yeah 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 el paso Mm -hmm. and then i would just say also just pattern interruption i mean I hear it all the time with people traveling in general. It's like you go and then you get a wider lens, like a wider view of your own life Mm -hmm. because you're not doing the same things day to day. I feel like it just opened up space. And then of course being in the airplane, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about for you, but for me and for us does that thing of like, okay, big Mm -hmm. picture. Mm -hmm. And then we were flying home from Europe and we're like, just had this really wonderful tour. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what, what does it look like to go home? What do we want to create? What are our dreams for this thing? Yeah. Um, and listening for what it was asking. Yeah. I mean, I even think about pictures I saw of you guys on that trip up on, like, I even can tell you right now that I'm imagining like up on the ridges, you know, uh, out in nature. In Ireland. Yeah. <clears throat> Grand expanse. Seeing like that vast a perspective. Mm-hmm. 
immeasurably even influencing, like you're saying, Morgan, this like what traveling can sometimes do, especially in other cultures and spaces where it's like you just break all the shit that you've just gotten mired in mm-hmm. at home, you know? And then I totally relate to the being very high up at 30,000 feet and having these, these, the clarity or room or somehow off earth, like space enough to see something more clearly. I, mine, I relate that to like my mom having died and flying to Hong Kong. That was like longest time I'd been in the air was right after Mm -hmm. she died for 13 hours or something. And just that space Mm -hmm. of grief or emotional experience or whatever it was like being completely removed from all the stuff that even was related to my mom and, and her living and dying. But I'm, I'm trying to say that I can, I totally get what you mean about that specific moment that it, it was also partly that you were in the plane, that you were up in the air, that that's where you could mm-hmm. realize what you needed to do next. And I'm now remembering that there was also to be blunt, a part of like, we have been so well and we are not, we have not been that well at home. We've not been mm-hmm. loving life. And so what would need to change for us to start loving life? And it's crazy in hindsight now that we were, giving ourselves this like purpose and focus and meaning um, by committing to this album, knowing that that would make our lives more meaningful and nourishing, but having no clue that we'd be like, uh, we've been watching alone where people like end up in the woods and like (laughs) subsisting on it. That like that album we were like, we ended up needing to like eat that for years Mm. as our primary um, source of something like making sense and feeling like we had any control over mm-hmm. it and where we could actually be clear that our role in the world still mattered. This is w- what you're describing right now is pretty much what you've lived through after this plane flight yeah. and the, what the album has meant. Yep. Yes. So, yeah. um, that's very powerful way of putting it. I mean, I imagine just you guys naked and afraid. One of these like <laughs> re- <laughs> reality TV shows just out in the jungles mauling on your own album. And yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we decided. What is that time, by the way? The flight back was right before the pandemic. Was, I'm trying to remember when you I guys. Think it was in October. August. Never believe me if it's I me and Morgan throwing out dates. I'm going to go Never with Morgan on my word. was August. Before the pandemic. Yeah, August 2019. Yeah. Maybe September 2019. But I Potentially think. Potentially October. Close. <laughs> pretty close now. <laughs> Suddenly it seems really. We're going to say the fall yeah, it was of 2019. It was, it was August or so. Anyway. What matters um, to me is that, it, yeah. you know, August, September, October. <laughs> so then. <laughs> that long three month trip that you took to Europe. Yeah. That that's right before, you know. It is. And so we actually, when we got home, we booked our time in the studio to get the whole band together. Oh, and wow, we right needed anyway. some months to really mm-hmm. prepare for that and plan it out. And, and we went into the studio February, 2020. Oh shit. We had the. Three crazy, like wildest, biggest shows that winter. Oh, that's true. Where we felt this just like the top is popping off. <laughs> oh, we yeah. like opened, yes. came yeah, up during Glenn, Glenn yes. Hansard's, uh, which was encore. in September. 
Okay, so we met Glenn Hansard <laughs> on this trip, like, invited uh, us to come up the at the, the Masonic. Yeah. 2,500 people play for that. You're Going to Die yes. had a massive show at the Independent. Uh-huh. We're up on these big stages. We had our full band like debut unveiling at Cafe du Nord, mm-hmm. and we were just feeling like, like let's it's go. never going to stop. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. And then we went it into the studio. Like we recorded... I worked on Cass's album in yeah. January. In February, we went in and did the only part of the record that required all of us to be in the room at the same time together. And if it had been a month later, the whole thing would have oh been God. Yeah, totally. indefinitely postponed yeah. and we Oof. we would have had we would have eaten each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you wouldn't have had the album or the music to eat. You just would have That's what, yep. eaten each other. Perished. Um, okay. So, uh, what's next after that recording the pandemic lands pandemic lands, um, come July, we move out of the home that we were living in. We decided to move out before we found our next place. We're like, we'll find it. Mm-hmm. Be fine. Um, Both of us had done, you know, like we, we know the drill. Sometimes you got to jump out of the nest before the nest appears. And then, you know, if we need to, you know, month or two, three months, like little did we know. Um, so we put our stuff in, uh, the barn at the house that I grew up in. Uh Um, and went up to Oregon actually to record vocals in a huge barn, yeah, big enough yep. that yep. we could be socially distanced. Mm-hmm. It's like a big barn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that era was really beautiful because um, we got to go deep on the album in a way that we never could have if we'd been keeping our lives at home intact um, and really could kind of give it what it wanted, which actually meant, you know, all in all, a month and a half on vocals or. Some something a lot more than what we had initially planned, and um, uh, we were coming back to try to make it back into the bubble before uh, my sister um, gave birth, and we just kept needing to stay in these really liminal spaces because it wasn't like we could couch surf. Um, we couldn't go stay with friends. And so we were consistently looking for like, is there an empty space that we could be in for two weeks at least while we set up our whole home studio to try to do some recording in that period of time. So we kept packing everything up into our two cars, getting it all somewhere, unpacking, setting up a studio and trying to get some work done long enough to quarantine to then re-enter into the bubble where we could whatever. And uh, that was when we stayed at this extraordinarily uh, small and hot cabin. So small. <laughs> God, so small. I so hot. So hot. Sacramento. Sacramento. A heat wave. In July. It was 110 degrees. Yes. August. It was the tiniest yeah. of tiny houses. <laughs> what was it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> when we, of when tiny they houses. took us back there, this is my old bandmate, Charlie, oh and his family. It was so sweet of him to offer it. While Charlie's walking us up, he goes, um, yeah, so nobody's... Nobody's, none of us have ever stayed here in the summer, but I think it can be done. There were two tiny (laughs) fans, tiny, tiny fans. And then we set up the studio, which is heat generating Mm -hmm. as well. So it was working for a couple of days. Open Mm -hmm. up the windows, run the fans and get it cool, Mm -hmm. trap the cool air in during the day. And it was hot enough that I would wake up 
in the morning, like early, early when it was still dark. And as soon as it started feeling hotter outside, yeah. get all the yes, windows closed. It. Like yeah, that's how hot it was. Yeah. yeah. Then the fires and mm. then um, the smoke and it being close enough uh, at that point that we could not have the windows open. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to be sealed inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can't see at yeah. the, outside the cabin. Yeah. Thick smoke. There's now a very different context that we hold this in, but we have all this footage of Morgan, like really melting down. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got, wait, <laughs> sorry. Um, like you mean you literally have like video footage we of were Morgan filming <laughs> so much. Yeah. And I have had that a long, close. as yeah. long as Morgan and I have been together, you I've are, had a we, project <laughs> of taking pictures of her crying. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. I've in my head, I've had it that I want to make a, a piece of art that's, the letters that spell out cry more, mm-hmm. but it's all made up of tiny images of Morgan's face crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can do it. So anyways, I was, we were, we were recording a lot of things knowing that, you know, we were making this album and it was a very unusual story. Here we are like already out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Everything's wild. And, um, it's cool looking back on it. I can, I know what, what layers and textures and parts we came up with there. Mm -hmm. And it's neat how every space really like offered a different um, approach and headspace. And um, we made it back into uh, my family's bubble in time for my sister uh, to give birth, Um, going to labor while we were watching Ghostbusters. And and to be clear, part of this was like, you needed to be quarantined enough for long enough than test to then to, get into yeah. that bubble exactly. to be with. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, right. and, um, a few uh, moves around, we were going to go to um, Sebastopol mm-hmm. uh, where some dear friends lived and we were going to house it for them for a couple of weeks. We kept saying we're going there to finish recording, put the last layers on this album Um And that morning I woke up really inspired thinking that I could get everything into one van instead of both cars. Feeling very weird. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed feeling very weird. There had been something that happened that somebody made a joke that it just wasn't a good joke. They felt really bad about it. It hit something tough. And I, what really stood out is that I couldn't recover. Mm -hmm. I couldn't recover. And I felt bad for them. Mm -hmm. I just ultimately like went into the room we were staying in and just kind of like, just, uh, didn't come out. (laughs) Yeah. This is the very hot, extraordinarily hot and small place. Oh, this is the, we're back in the bubble. Now you're at the bubble. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I felt bad cause I, I wanted to assuage their, like I knew they were like foot and mouth and I Mm -hmm. just like wanted to, but I was like, ah, this is weird, but I just, I can't, and I can't regulate. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, but so I just kind of like stayed in my own zone. Yeah. Stayed in my own zone. And then I woke up still feeling this just like, Ugh. Mm. ooh, and I had this feeling like, man, I need some space. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, Ned, have you ever had the experience of like before seeing Sarah having the thought like, oh, we're going to have a fight? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, by now for sure, there's been that. And what's uh, happening though is you're bringing the fight. Yeah. In I mean, that. when I feel that way, <laughs> scenario, it's usually an energy that I'm holding that yeah. is how I know it's going to probably right. happen. Yeah. Yep. So I was in this just like, Ooh, I kind of feel like trouble right now. Like 
I need to be alone. Definitely need to be alone because I'm just feeling off and dysregulated. And I show up and I'm like, I've got such good news. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We get to be together <laughs> in the van yeah. with all what the stuff. What else does the listener I need for the set? Get all <laughs> everything into the van. Isn't that great? Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'd been so looking forward to driving by yeah, myself, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, in my head, I'm like shit, mm-hmm. I have no excuse. Mm-hmm. I have to get in that van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Oh All right. My gosh. Yeah. I'm getting in the van. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get in the van. It's real shitty that we did fight on that car ride. Yeah, I know. Um, and yeah, we were just, we were arguing, bickering. And I mean, really, especially doesn't look good for me that like, I was um, especially frustrated with Morgan's inability to cope um, from the night before. And that morning, it just felt like I was kind of just like, you are not meeting your normal standard of how you behave. And I was like, I am doing my best. I can't tell. I can't. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know why, but I know that I can't. Mm -hmm. That is what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there, wasn't there like some kind of uh, homemade Reese's, um, peanut butter cost? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. sure we were, were. Yeah, somebody had made us some homemade Rena, Rena, this, Rena Burter. This was Rena, actually Rena. the argument. This was, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the family argument. calls them. <laughs> and I was like, they made us those Rena, 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 rounds, and we aren't. You, you're saying we can't even go over there to like we pick have them to up. That, have we have come, to. They had made, made a vegan have, version yes. just we for us. We have to stop by, <laughs> yeah. say goodbye, yes. and yeah. pick up these Rena Rena Rena. <laughs> and Morgan was like, "I can't." And I was yeah. like, "I can't tell you why. We just got to go. Mm, I can't do mm, it." Mm, and mm, I, I like these people. I yeah. love these people. There yeah. was nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I just can't. Right. Well, it's funny about this is that the listeners, for the most part, don't know what's next. And so there's this kind of like apologetic way of sort of saying that this part, like you couldn't. And it actually really fits because in the relationship at that time, you're like, why not? You know, I mean, like it's completely normal how this unfolded, that part. And then. Until. Um, Morgan's Morgan uh, pressed pause, which is like a really important relationship tool that we landed on years ago where either one of us can press pause at any time and the other just has to shut up and it's it can't be used like i'm gonna pause you and then talk at you sarah's pause is like listening it's so hard to enact but it's so helpful have you always do you always pause I would give myself a 98%. Yeah, it's every once in a while, I'll like, I'll I'll pause, but you know that's unfair or something like that. Like, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's a pause. That's good. Both people need to fully consent Mm -hmm. to it, but it's been been huge for us. I said pause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's like a leeway. There's like a leeway where not that you can finish the sentence you're on, but sometimes hot, angry brain, like, it takes a little bit for it to even like get in there. And so, sure. like, if I'm finishing a sentence and she says, pause the sentence, my yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I admire you both for the rule. And I can't, I just pray if, if Sarah wants to do this, <laughs> that I could do it well, do a good job of it. I, bet I you can't could. imagine the like, ugh, but it's okay. hard. Anyway, it's really so hard. Job. So, Morgan right, so presses pauses. pause. Yep. And so, we're just kind of like steaming silently. Um, 
and we're steaming silently and I'm doing what one does when they silently steam, which is like eyes on the road. Like I'm not, I'm not looking at you. And I don't remember steaming. I remember just being like, I don't know. And just like, yeah. oh, I'm overwhelmed and yeah. like, ugh. Yep. Um, and I looked over at some point after some amount of time had passed and Morgan's face was so distorted and it, she looked, um, her eyes looked terrified um, and her face was so distorted. I knew that, or I thought I knew that she was having a stroke. Um, she was clearly not uh, conscious and I didn't, I could tell that she couldn't move or speak, but I wasn't clear if she was like hearing me. So I started talking her through it, just saying, uh, I think you're having a stroke. Um, it's going to be okay. Um, meanwhile, starting to dial 911 and pull over the car and uh, she, yeah, just stayed in this state. Unfortunately for me, her eyes were like rolled up and back in her head in a way that she was looking like right at me, looking very pained and terrified. Um, so that gave me some good, good, good chunky bits to take to therapy um, later when she turned out to be all right. Um, because of course, like the same way it would land for a kid, like how else could this not be that like I killed you or broke you by being so, um, snappy or so, uh, rude or whatever I thought I had been. Um, and pulled over to the side of the road um, I have had uh, a handful of exceptionally bad experiences with police, and I'm so lucky that the first uh, police officer to show up was really helpful and clearly was there to, like, be like believed me immediately and um, uh, was just, just there to help, which was really important, especially for me. Um, and yeah, we, we got Morgan out of the car by the time he showed up, he got, she was, she responded to squeezing his hand. He said, squeeze my hand if you can hear me. No memory of that. Um, finally we got her out of the car. Um, I had like all of our bedding, so I was able to, uh, like lay out a pillow on the side of the highway where Thank she God. laid her head everything, everything in the van. In the van. Um, and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just imagining you like putting a lamp out, you know, like somehow. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Well, I might, I mean, I'm like, shit, is there somewhere I could plug in and record this? This is gold. Um, no, uh, yeah. And then Morgan came to, and, but the new, every new paramedic and EMT who showed up, um, hadn't seen her during what we later found out was a seizure. Um, uh, and so them not having seen that, just seeing her come to mm -hmm. 
they kept asking me like, what has she taken? Mm-hmm. And I was like, she hasn't had anything. She just had a big seizure. And they're like, yeah, yeah. But, but what, what did, what did she take? Cause at this point, Morgan, the last thing she had said was I need to pee. Um, before the seizure. What I remember is I suddenly need to pee very badly. I suddenly need to pee. And that was coming. I think I said that through the silence of the tense pause. Sure. 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 So when you like look over at her, it's somewhere around her announcing that she has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And then you, you think right after that statement, you started to have the seizure. I mean, I have no idea. I just know that that's the but last do, thing yeah, do I remember. Do you remember any of that? I, I, th- I might guess, and knowing us when we're all spicy hot, probably she's like, I suddenly really need to go to the bathroom. And I probably was like, there's yeah. not an exit. Yeah. Like, I'm going to drive. And yeah. then, like, yeah. next exit will take it. Um, I might not have even responded. Um, so they're asking? Yeah. But about at this point, or more, yeah, of course. Like, at this point, mm-hmm. Morgan's coming too. And, uh, She's like, I really need to pee. For, that's the first, like, for she me, wakes up, yeah. I wake up, I like, I'm on the side of the road. There's a pillow under my head. I'm laying down. I just, I'm like, I really need to pee. Mm-hmm. That's me just, waking up. And I remember like, this. That's what I remember. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, that's my memory. Like, I really, yeah, I need to pee really bad. Inside, I'm like, oh my God, you're alive. Cause I had, sure. you know, I kind of skipped over the part where I'm like holding her saying goodbye. Like I, in hindsight, it's a seizure and now we have that like container to put on it. I mean, just, just to, (laughs) I want you to tell me what that moment, I want you to describe that moment because I know it wasn't just that. I know, I know more, I know more of what you were saying to her, what you were promising. And I want to hear you say it. I want to, I want to make sure we just slow down and like describe all that, that part. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm just feeling the, like, how many arguments, yeah. you know, and feeling really emotional about that part for you, you know, and obviously it's so easy to like, I mean, we're going to all be good about how this is a lot for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Each of you. Morgan clearly is the center of, of what has been lived through, right? Um, and hopefully then we can spend a half hour and I can tell you all about how hard this has been for me, <laughs> but like, it does really matter in that moment, you know, like to hear you, to hear you, the story I've heard already, but to hear it again and feel my emotion well up to meet that story. And so I just want to yeah. like, make sure that you do get to share yeah. exactly what that was like. Well, it definitely, what I was seeing and the context I had for it, there was like very little chance she was coming back from it. It's just what it looked like. It did not, and especially it coming on so suddenly, it did not look to me like something that somebody would just like wake up from yeah. and need to pee. Yeah. Um, and you're alone. And I'm very alone. And it had, it all in all was, yeah, an eight minute seizure. Yeah. And it wasn't getting better, if anything. You know, she was, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, without there being blood or guts, it was very gory Mm -hmm. the way that her body had contorted. Um, uh, and the amount of terror, I think just in the primal body expression there. Um, and so I started just promising her that I was going to be there for her regardless, whatever that looked like. And it just poured out of me really, really clearly. Like I, for all I know, you are going to be um, 
a being that I don't know if you can even hear me ever again or that you'll never respond to me again. But either way, I'm, I'm here. You're not going to be alone um, in this. And um, I'm going to be there for you and keep loving you no matter what. Um, I mean, I always like hear that part of the story as like a prayer, mm-hmm. like just be okay. Yeah. Like I'll do whatever in a way I, you know, it's like, I hear you saying that it's like all be no matter how this turns out, I'm here, but the way I've always heard it and I for sure could have projected this. I always heard it as you saying during that moment, like I'll do whatever, you know, like mm. I'll do whatever I can do. Like, please yeah. be okay. You know, yeah, I don't think that was within reach mm. for me. I wow. don't think that I saw the possibility of her being okay yeah. enough yeah. to like kind of be speaking to that reality. Mm-hmm. I think I was more just like, mm-hmm. okay, if it's me mm-hmm. and like Morgan in an unconscious mm-hmm. state, like, um, all, and, and especially the, the state she was in was like, I just, I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah. So if, if it continues to be like this, I'm going to talk to you as if you can and love you as if you can. And- yeah. Scott and I talk a little bit in this this conversation about the album elements and specifically we talk about the interludes um, for a little bit and so we wanted to give you a taste of what those are they're they're recordings a lot of them voicemails some of them recordings in the context of of the two years that they've lived through especially the medical context voicemails between each other voicemails from others the doctor talking with them talking with Morgan about what's going on really raw and intense. And I think so important and such a important measurement or actually like example for how Scott and Morgan and the feelings parade, the, the rawness that they bring, the realness that they bring, but then butted up against, or, or even like maybe butted up isn't the right word. Like, like, um, a balanced against such well-produced, wonderful audio musical experience. And so these interludes are peppered throughout their album, Let It Move You. And when you get the album, you can listen to, to, to all of them. But we wanted to share a couple of those interludes that land right in the midst of this conversation really well. And they're voicemails between each other. Scott leaving a message for Morgan, trying to call her, not knowing if she'd gone into surgery yet that very day. And Morgan a recording of her talking about how she feels right now. 
I think also before the surgery. And so we wanted to share those with you just to give you a taste of that, those parts of the album. And at the end of the episode, we'll have a song for you too. Um, so you can, you can listen to that and then go get the album. But for now, just kind of rest in the midst of this powerful exchange between these two lovely human beings. Hey, sweetheart. I figured you wouldn't pick up, but I was calling just in case you could use a little pep talk. You so got this. And on top of that, you've got a whole sea of people who've got your back right now. And you've got a whole sea of spirits, a whole earth's worth of strength underneath you. And... I want to make sure you know that however you feel is okay. And when you wake up, you might feel all sorts of different funny, and that's nothing to worry about. And if you wake up feeling different, that's nothing to worry about. Hmm. You can really trust it. Now, you've done such a good job setting yourself up to trust it. Now, that's what you do. Just let go into it. just wanted to let you know that I feel probably the strongest I have ever felt in the most profoundly deep and rooted and whole way I have ever felt it. Yeah, so then... Uh... Morgan needed to like pee. And I was like, Morgan, like, Morgan, is this total clarity at that moment? Oh, yeah. Like you remember everything oh, after that. 100%. So I just wake up and I'm just like, I really need to pee. And, and Scott's like, like Scott's knowing. like, first of all, those were your first words. So inside I'm like, you're alive. And, and I'm Scott like, just I'm looks like, at me. He's like, babe, babe, just, just pee right where you are. It's fine. You're about to be in a hospital again. And I just looked and I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like what? And I just get up. Mm. I get up from laying on the side of the road. I just stand and up. She's like wobbling and hobbling <laughs> toward this fence. Cause my, my ankle got tweaked somehow mm -hmm. during the seizure, probably like in the car door. Mm -hmm. And I'm something. trying to keep like, keep her upright from falling over. And that just really, from then on, the EMTs were just like, so, come on, we can be honest. Like, what has she had? How much of it? Mm -hmm. I was just like... Oh, because I just pulled oh my, my pants gosh. down. Yeah. No, like, nothing. Which is kind of normal. Yeah. Like, anyway. you <laughs> know, but not the, that context. Not like in that context. But there Medical professionals and the police standing around. Lots of them, but I was just but like, just listen. like for you to be like, whatever, listen, I gotta get this I gotta done. pee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. bad. Oh, my gosh. If I were just... I just would have been like, sure, things are not done. Like something needs to be dealt with. But like, that's a huge moment to have you suddenly just get up and walk <laughs> yeah, away. I gotta go pee. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I actually just remembered for the first time, like squatting in this like weird way because my right ankle was messed yeah. up. And just like. <laughs> so she's like, or they're like. Yeah, doing this. Yeah, extra she's not thing, helping man. the life. No, she's this not helping a damn bit. Like they're yeah. all thinking. They're for just one hundred percent for sure. Yeah. For sure. She's like, oh. pause the investigation. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. 
So And you were trying to cover me with something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just your body. Yeah, I, I just, just can't remember. believe how you remember everything so clearly after totally, that moment. Total yeah. clarity. Yeah. So in her, I'm gonna call at least partially false lucidity, there's this moment of like, I'm so glad I overheard, like, you know, I'm talking to I don't know, maybe the cop, like given what I knew and Morgan was over there getting tended to. And at one point I just, my ears perk up and I hear like, so do you want a like ambulance ride to the hospital? And Morgan was like, no. I was like, nah. Yeah. I, I thought it was like, do you want to go to the hospital? Do you want to go to the hospital? And I was just like, no, nah, I'm cool. Or is it something? And but I, I like, didn't know what over happened. there and I'm just like, Morgan, I have never been so sure of anything in my life. You 100% should go to the hospital. And do you remember what I said? You were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, cool. Yeah, if you say so. Um, <laughs> I felt very chill. So yeah. then cue the ambulance ride where she's in the ambulance. I can see her through the little window. I'm driving behind the ambulance. I call my sister, who's a nurse on the neuro floor of a hospital, and I just sob scream the whole story to my mm-hmm, sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was like my first time in a little contained vehicle. So I'm just like scream crying, mm-hmm. like telling my sister everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing hearts like with my hands cause yeah. I could see him, but I can't see that he's <laughs> that, sobbing that's and ridiculous. screaming. Yeah, she didn't, I'm sorry. I just imagine Morgie's little head like up right? in a window. <laughs> yeah. That's a high bed. Yeah. But just, you're just yeah. crying and screaming, talking yeah. to her And I'm just and doing heart like, hands. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> She's funny. so, so on another level. I yeah. later find out out that she'd been like, in her words, just hanging out with Ram Dass. I hung out that with Ram Dass that oh, yeah. whole day. Mm. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I've always felt really close to well, yeah. Ram I mean, Dass. The brain stuff, you know, too interesting. I did not even consider mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I like I've always felt a lot of resonance with mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. That day, though, it was just so interesting. I I think that there is something to seizing, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that people get very relaxed mm-hmm. after maybe. And this was an eight minute grand mm-hmm. mall seizure. So I remember like, just like this deep chill, but also this deep spiritual chill mm-hmm. where I was like, huh, mm-hmm. wow, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like no, no shred of like, this is wrong. Something about this, just like, whoa, curveball. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember even like being, in like in the ER and just being like, wow, I wonder, I wonder if I'm going to die today. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I felt this overwhelming sense of okayness mm-hmm. about all of it. And Ram Dass just like cracking jokes. Well, I mean, I feel like not to get ahead of ourselves, but I feel like a lot of the times I would get to talk to you um, during all this, you that's kind of what I feel like you would be communicating. Oh, that's cool. I'm not saying there weren't hard times, yeah. but I do think there was a regularity with which you would talk about like kind of deep peace about all the, all the steps, all the, all the parts. Yeah. Well, I mean that day I got to feel something invaluable mm-hmm. and it's still like, uh, it's a beautiful thing to feel, which is, that day I was like, I feel good about how I've lived, mm-hmm. which that's what a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think you, uh, not that you had like a near, a, a legitimate near death experience or, or, or 
that extreme, you know, version of it, of it, but that there is this like message of what we might get when we're that close to the edge. Right. Is this like, okay, there it's okay. You know, like good, you're good. Yeah. And I I mean, mean, I'm I'm trying to like, (laughs) maybe even try to like take that too. You can source it. It feels like you touch into it sometimes maybe now, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely it's something I'm like, I'm like, I'm kind of, maybe I'm hoping that thinking about a deathbed or a, a death moment as a moment of being like really even having clarity of how perfect it all has been or yeah. enough. It know? was very lucid. And I mean, it's interesting though, because I remember feeling that way and like, no, it wasn't like a traditional near death experience, but I had a, a doctor come in and just be like, there's something in your brain. Mm-hmm. And didn't know what, mm-hmm. didn't know if it was going to kill me right then, didn't know any of that. Um, but then when, so we have these interludes on the record yeah. and I still get kind of choked up by it sometimes because I have the doctor coming in and telling me that because mm-hmm. Scott was in the parking lot. He couldn't come in with COVID and right. I couldn't look at my phone because my brain was just not having the screen. And so I would just have to do voice, like record Mm -hmm. voice memos so that he could then know, and then he could tell our families and keep everyone in the loop. And, but when I listen to that one where he's like, there's something in your brain and I hear myself go like, "Mm -hmm," like something like that, I, I feel the tension in it, which is confusing to my memory of that day. And I hear the fear Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm sort of acknowledging and and you're helping it, but like, of course it wasn't all that, you know, but I know how scary it was. And I know there are moments when you felt like, I feel like you told me and, and you've said as much that like you felt deep peace about it, even like going into the surgery, you know? I felt like I had trained much of my life for it spiritually. Yeah. Um, I felt like a lot of my years of meditating and deep soul seeking and soul work were like, all right, time to, Mm -hmm. time to see if you, if it's worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and and I, I want to, I want to, I wonder if there, this sort of letting go, I, I, there's so many parts. There's so many things we can cover, but I want to for sure hit on like the most important moments for, for me right now. I'm feeling like the surgery is like a pretty significant one having being in communication with both of you during that mm-hmm. time. And, and I'm wondering about this, like this, the letting go part where there is this moment you had reached a point where you both had to be like, this, is what needs to fucking be done, mm-hmm. you know? And that there's sometimes obviously with these things, fear and worry, but also, some of us can find the letting go, the like trusting, you know, and I'm wondering about for both of you, what that step was. It might be important for the listeners to hear like a quick version of what they, what they figured out happened or thought happened. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I do want to kind of move to that significant next moment, which is after what they figured out happened, what they had to do about it. Yeah. Um, they took me from the hospital that I was at, um, to UCSF because they felt UCSF uh, was better equipped. Mm-hmm. Then I guess I had some more tests, and then they told me that I had something called a cavernoma or a cavernous malformation, um, 
which um, I'm no doctor, but the gist that I got is like a cluster of blood vessels um, that can leak blood. Mm -hmm. And what happened is it leaked blood into my brain and caused enough irritation that I had that big seizure. And what we know now is that I was probably influenced by it or almost certainly for many years before that. Um, it's, it was in a sensory region of my brain. Mm -hmm. So my big feeling, (laughs) I mean, just marketable, (laughs) (laughs) very on brand, uh, diagnosis. Um, Incredible. And like me melting down in that hot cabin. Mm -hmm. And like what Scott didn't say is that he would just find me kind of just like sitting in the corner, just staring, Mm. just like being, and then he'd come and I'd just be like, Mm-hmm. So, and it was my, mm-hmm. sen- it's my senses, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have one other thing that I want to yeah. say, which is that all of that practice and those spiritual practices for me, with it happening to me, um, I, I just want to say, I think if it were happening to Scott, it would be much harder for me. Like, sure, I think sure. we were in very yeah. different boats. Like for me, I'm like, okay, well, if I die, then I'm just going to ride that cosmic wave, baby. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm like, sure, sure. I'm, I'm letting go into death, like no, I, way I, easier, I, I think. That. So I just wanted to, yeah. to presence yeah. that we had really, really different experiences. Yeah, sure. It's been really odd over the course of all of this to like need to at times compare our experiences and just how like, we went through a thing together, but mm. so many layers of it were so distinctly different. And I was getting taken care of and you were doing a lot of taking care. Mm. You know, I, things. you know, I'll just say that I think it's hard, it's uncommon and, and, and even difficult with our programming is certainly in our culture to, to make that kind of room for both the experiences mm-hmm. and, and, you know, thinking about stuff with my work with cancer patients, you know, this, the idea that anyone who's the caregiver or a family mm-hmm. member or community member needs some pretty high level of care yeah. too, you know, it's not a default. It's not right. thought that way. And certainly not the medical context, mm-hmm. you know, like you got to actively go find it. And I know you have community to do that held you both, in the ways you needed through all of it, but, but that's uncommon, I think. And so just to take a moment to stop and say, that is what this was like. And even to make room in this, like I'm, you know, to, to, it's funny, like you were knocked out. So we just sort of be like, (laughs) she's out for eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on Scott for a while. But even feeling in that, the listener being like, these fucking guys talking for days about how hard that was. And here's the one over here that was really in it, but also no, like you both were in hell, your versions of it, you know? Yeah, I would say. Well, especially then, that's for sure. Yeah. But but I, I'm so glad you took a moment to say so. Um, and I know that about you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had conversations with both you that were heart-wrenching yeah. because of what you're describing. Oh. Well, you, know? you, were, you were my number one go-to. So when we landed at that house set, because we needed to follow through with that, because mm-hmm. again, there's a moment in the pandemic we knew so little that we still needed to yeah. quarantine just to go, yeah, like have anywhere have to a be. Home just to go and rest. And that so was we needed yeah. to go do this quarantine at this house set. And while we were there, my understanding, I somehow had it in my head that Morgan, I, they had said something like, if she has another seizure, make sure to time it. And right. so I had it in my head that I couldn't leave her side for more than like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I did that rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
in the middle of the night, I'd wake up just to make sure she was breathing and make sure she wasn't having a seizure. And during that time, I would give myself like very rare trips to the other room. And you were always the person I'd call Mm -hmm. because I knew that you were somebody I didn't need to do any version of like making it okay Mm -hmm. or any version of like making sure I'm speaking from a balanced place or like, you know, I love Morgan, but like (laughs) I just didn't need to do any of it. And I was, and it was so extreme because Morgan was in a place where she told me explicitly, I, I can't hold anything. I love you. And I, I, what it felt like was just so much clarity from the, a very wise part of my body Mm -hmm. just being like anytime we'd get close to something that felt emotionally triggering, I was just like, Oh, this is a seizure. This is going to be a seizure. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say that out Mm -hmm. loud, but I felt Mm -hmm. in my system, this just Mm non-negotiable. I can't. And so while knowing like Scott just, went through this extreme thing somewhere. I couldn't even know it that up close because that in itself would be too much Mm -hmm. for me to hold. So I'm also in ways like not treating him at all. Like he's just been through a whole thing. Cause I'm like, you couldn't, I, I, I can't. Um, and trying to communicate that, but also like not trying to communicate too much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I just, which was, wild for Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. to just like look at this person who I love so much and be like, and see the pain and just be Mm -hmm. like, I need you to manage that elsewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no room for it here. Meanwhile, my understanding is I'm not allowed to be elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My number one job is to stay right next to this person. Yeah. 24 seven. So yeah, <laughs> self negation. Anybody? What's the trick? I mean, it was funny. You would call me at, at like fucking midnight. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was that was you were probably somehow it's fallen asleep, and that was the time that you could actually and then be every like, all right, three I'm minutes, go. I'd be like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna go check on it. And yeah, then I'd come back in, and yeah, she's breathing. Oh my she's gosh. still breathing. <laughs> all right, so um, and I, and I really th- this is a compliment to us that the, it's no good for the listener. Um, but also an acknowledgement for how much y'all have been through. We could, this episode could be four hours long, but for the sake of, of it being a digestible audio, uh, experience. Um, and, and this also with the caveat that we can go back every time to all the things we really don't want to leave out. So let's go to the surgery. Is this feel like a good next thing? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they tell me, um, tell me what it is and then give options essentially. And the options were be on medication forever. And what I didn't know at the time is like be on medication forever and like still have gnarly symptoms. The between the surgery, the seizure and the surgery, I got to feel the symptoms I'd been having for all of these years, but wasn't considering symptoms, but just quirks of my personality. Um, and like, oh, wow, she sent like doesn't like loud, sudden loud noises, mm-hmm. you know, like who does? But mm-hmm. really, yeah, I really didn't. Um, and I got to. But f- even the overwhelm. 
Yeah. You know, the, like those parts of how you would describe it. That oh. it's not even like, oh, you're sensitive. It's like what that results in yeah. in your like being. Yeah. You know, and I also got world. to look yeah. back with so much compassion at how I held those mm-hmm. things too and how I would just like remove myself and like go to the bathroom and just like sit in the bathroom and just be like, all right, get it together, mm-hmm. you know? And like the ways that I handled with grace, like my brain bleeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just, and like just people, you know, it was like a, I would, there was like even some like gentle making fun of, mm-hmm. of me for some of these things over the years, which I have some ow about, Yeah, to be honest, like be like, oh, that's Morgan. She'll like invite a bunch of people over for dinner and then say like, I got to go to my room. Well, Nobody sorry, knock. I'm having complicated feelings <laughs> oh, about because this because I haven't had me. a brain bleed. <laughs> and that's how I might be described emotionally. But, you know, and, and there's a way we can kind of fold this up and be like, okay, there's a bigger something available here, which is, I'm not sure, right? It's like you learned maybe how you dealt with those times what anybody who's sensitive or has the big feelings needs. Yeah, totally. You, you know, separate the physical, like, Definitely. piece. Like, I no matter what. And skills. even, in fact, you don't have to separate the physical piece, yeah. you know? Like, the things that are going on with these friggin' bodies in the world, you know? Yeah. And us trying to, like, maintain some kind of sense of solid relationship with stuff, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah. I felt those things so acutely, mm-hmm. so, so, so acutely. And like, um, just hypersensitive to sound and light, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately surgery was the best option. Why do you, why was that? Why did you think it was the best option? Well, talk like to side effects a, of a the- lot of people. Well, okay. The first month of the anti-seizure meds, um, Oh yeah, that's the stuff. You took the stuff I that you'd have to ta- take. I did take the stuff. And they're like, you could just keep taking this stuff. Ned, or- I've never been in more emotional pain Yeah, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have, but for like brief periods of time from things that it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I remember just trying, like we watched Jane the Virgin between <laughs> my seizure and surgery. It's a very long, f- ridiculous show. Um, and I remember just laying and like watching to try to distract myself yeah. from this feeling. Right. It felt like everyone I loved had just died. Like the emotional, like my feelings hurt. It was stunning. I mean. And this is on the medication. This is on the medication. Yeah. And this is from the medication yeah, I've right. come to find right, out. Right. And I, I eventually talked to my neurologist and was like, Hey, so my feelings hurt a lot. And she was like, oh, let's change your meds. Yeah. And then change them. And like, I was like, oh, I feel better, but I'm still having headaches every day. Yeah. I'm still having like the jumpy, jolty kind of thing. I'm still having symptoms. Like this is not, this is not full living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spoke also with a functional doctor, a friend of ours, um, and like just wonderful supportive person connected us and paid for me to um, talk with this doctor who had a more like had the allopathic, but also had the whole. And he just was like, <laughs> he's in New York. He's like, it's a mechanical problem. You got a mechanical solution mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, kind of thing. Is this a moment when you were like, all right. Yeah. 
this is what we got to do. What do you remember, Scott? I mean, I'm just remembering his charm because he was like, uh, he was like, Scott, that's a that's a lot for you to go through. I just want to name that real quick. Um, and I was like, yeah, thanks for saying that. Actually, this morning, I realized this is actually the second sudden seizure that I've been like the main person there for um, because we were babysitting. Oh, God, right. Jeez, we were babysitting for that. a dear friend three hours. What could go wrong? Three hours. Yeah. Um, and I'm only not saying your name, friend who I love, because I don't know if you'd want me talking about the kiddo. Yeah. This well, one, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> why don't we try to frame it in a way that you just say it and then we'll cut it out Great. If, if we need to. I mean, we're, we were babysitting for Chelsea mm-hmm. um, from You're Going to Die for babysitting Otis for three hours. Mm-hmm. And he and I are hanging out and suddenly I look over and he is turning blue mm-hmm. and not breathing. Yeah. Um, so you told the doctor, so I tell this, I tell him, I'm like, you know what? Thanks for saying that. And honestly, I just realized this morning, this is the second time in my life this has happened. And here's a doctor, here's somebody who doesn't know me. And here's me kind of saying like, yeah, I realized this trauma is actually stacked on top of a trauma. He threaded the needle so beautifully with humor I, that's what he nailed it. Did and he, he goes, yeah. well, Scott, have you ever considered that it's you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I praying, just praying that that's what he would say. Yeah, Something oh, like we that. We just cracked up. It was yeah. just perfect. That's well, Scott, have you ever considered that it's you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he mechanical, mechanical problem, mechanical yeah. solution. So I don't think I remember choice. I didn't yeah. know that part of the story that you had that conversation oh, that my played God. a big role in that decision Oh, and making. I talked to a lot Yeah, I know. That might be why. It's like you did a lot of work to make the decision. To know that that was, if I was going to go into that, I was going to go into for it sure. wholeheartedly. For sure, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, talked with the surgeon, got that screenshot mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, the back of our record yes and there were covid considerations is oh it appropriate God. to take up a surgery right. bed you didn't know i mean Will you had a date continually and you didn't know, get get to that didn't know right. until the day came oh that it would God. actually happen mm-hmm. yep and i saw y'all um the day before i guess oh mm-hmm. yeah did i already have this st- the thing stuck to my head yeah mm. yeah your head was covered and stuff <laughs> yeah and like shaven, shaved. Yeah. yeah. I had been, from the time that I decided this is what I'm doing, I got to work emotionally, just like try to prepare myself for it. And I was having therapy twice a week and mm-hmm. talking to all my people. And I'd come up with a strategy and my therapist signed off on it. Friends signed off on it. Like, seems like a good strategy. And the strategy was that I was, taking my body to the shop to get work done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just taking this doctor's got a mechanical problem. Exactly. Get a mechanical, mechanical problem, mechanical yeah. solution. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I felt good about that. Oh yes. Okay. This, yes. Right. I felt good about mm-hmm. it. Um, I get a message from Stacy Haynes mm-hmm. probably about a week before the surgery. And I don't remember exactly what it said, but I know it was an offer to drop in. Mm-hmm. And I had this kind of like, I mean, I feel pretty good about this, but sure. 
Like yeah. can't, can't go wrong dropping in with Stacy. Worth mentioning, you know, Stacy's a longtime friend of Morgan and mine. We got connected to Stacy through our hospice program and, and Stacy works in like somatic, the somatic realm. You know, that's where a lot of our work lands, plenty of other things. You want to find out more about Stacy, listen to Stacy Haynes's episode of the podcast, but just a little background of, of Stacy in our lives. So I like, yeah, I was like, I think I got this, but I'll talk to Stacy. Sure. Just, just go over my plan. Had you told her what was going on and she reached out? She was amazing. I think I, I talked to her and we talked to her after my seizure while we were house sitting almost right away. I don't even know how that, I think things were so raw and so dire that we were like, she just came to mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, like maybe. And she was really helpful. Yeah. Our introduction, really all three of us to her is playing music, being with her mom dying. Stacy had us uh, get to be at her mom's deathbed and um, very powerful early introduction Mm -hmm. and coming into knowing for all of us with her. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful way to, to meet and connect. Um, So I have this call with Stacy and I, I proudly tell her my strategy I don't know how she was as like graceful and tactful about this truly because I never felt shamed, but it was kind of just like, yeah, that's not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not a good idea. Yeah. This mechanical thing, that's she n- kind of like stepped in. It's great to get to the decision of the surgery, but yeah. then she cut you off at the pass on. She yeah. sure did. Yeah. And she essentially said trauma when the spirit and the body separate. <laughs> There's, there's trauma and they will have to find their way back to each other. And when you go in for the surgery, you are going in for this. You are not, when you are under, Mm -hmm. you are not gone. Mm -hmm. You are in the room and you are heavily sedated. And so she really brought in this, like, you have agency also. Um, You can tell them, you can say, hey, I want to hear this when I'm coming out of surgery. You can request what music they listen to in the, the OR or don't listen to. Like you get to make requests. And I don't know how, I don't know how we got to this, but the conversation with Stacy led to my being like, I'm going to bring a shit ton of fancy chocolate to my surgery yeah. to give to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, if I'm going to the hospital, work. how do I show up as myself? <laughs> yeah. And so she is just loaded to the gills with cork. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I spent $150 <laughs> yeah. on fancy chocolate. That was very discounted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, like, yeah. 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 It's high quality. And that was so like good. my way of staying totally. with myself yeah. as myself and not just separating my, my spirit just mm-hmm. flying off and being like, Phew. yeah, it just makes me want to like hold my body right yeah, now. Like, just oh, a reminder here. of like this way we not naturally, some of us just, and I know you're not like that generally, but I get how this, this arc of getting to the surgery, you just were like, all right, well, I'm just going to bow out and well, let it I get had to done walk, and I'll pick it up on the other side. Mm-hmm. I had to walk in to get brain surgery by myself mm-hmm. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That sucked. Yeah. You know? And so it would have been a lot easier 
to just be like, all right, now I'm sending my body off to go body off to the shop. But I love the responsibility and the empowerment of what she asked. It was so much scarier. Yeah. But so much better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much better. I got to stay here with Mm -hmm. myself, but thinking like, wait, I'm in the room when they're breaking my skull. Mm -hmm. I'm in the room when they're cutting into my, like, Ooh, that's scary. But, Mm -hmm. and I, I told her like that I felt afraid of seeing it like that. That was part of my fear and being in the room. And she was like, great. You can totally request that you don't like to yourself, to the spirits that you're communicating with. And I did. And I, I didn't see a thing. Yeah. That was a wild experience. Yeah. Just walking in and then it's so mechanical. Well, we went to go pray. We went to go be on the, like the closest bit of like wild nature that we could find right near the hospital to just like thank the spirits of the land and, and, and pray. And, um, and we had just started to do that. And my phone rang with a like number I didn't recognize that was San Francisco. So I picked up and they're like, Hey, um, are you guys still coming in for the surgery? <laughs> and I was oh, like, shit, I was I like, uh, um, <laughs> of course. Yes. And they're like, okay, well we had a few things like clear up. Like, could you guys come in sooner? Oh, like we're ready. Oh, wow. right like we're now. ready right oh, now. Wow. Yeah. And that's it, it, right? I mean, during COVID times, it was like the room's there, the yeah, bed's there, right, the doctor's exactly. there, like yeah. get it done. And so we just like, oh shit, turbo prayer. Where where like, were you? Thanks again to the land and everything. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Were you out right outside the city? Tree. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we yeah, were, yeah, no, yeah. we were very close to you. We were just like at the closest the eucalyptus Parker. tree we could find. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, the, all those trees, yeah. there's hiking up there, right. somewhere in that yeah. area. Yeah, it's a eucalyptus tree. Oh, yeah. Yep. They're all around the Parnassus, right in the yeah, hospital. Exactly. So our yeah, flow totally. of like, good, good trees. Our flow of like, okay, we're going to do this and then do that. It was just like, no, mm. it's now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's intense mm-hmm. to go back there. Mm hmm. Powerful though. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I saw you guys, I you know I know I know I know it's not just just this, but y'all were ready. You know, you were chill. <laughs> I mean, it's funny that I was feeling that about the album. I'm like, you guys seem pretty chill. You're all fuck. No, we yeah. aren't. <laughs> you know. Because yeah. I get you know maybe that part of it for y'all that you're really good at, which is that you can have that you can hold that chillness and also you're holding other stuff pretty well too. And that's like the hard stuff that is the feelings and making room. Like you said, describing how you're feeling with this album coming out to even part of your chillness, maybe for me, cause I feel that today. I don't, I don't come into your space today feeling like, damn, these people are stressed yeah, about this thing coming. It's not stress. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it feels like the, like if stress is tension, this is kind of the opposite, but not in like, I'm so chill and relaxed. It's like a little bit too infinite feeling. (laughs) Does that make sense? Uh Like, just like, I'm like at the bottom of the sea and just being like feeling the gravity of this Mm -hmm. thing and how much it means to me Yeah, and the story that it's telling and that that story is something we lived through, like to just connect to it again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the like, whoa. Yeah. Um, also, the heart re- of it. Yeah. 
It's a reorientation that's been at the center of like that's been the one thing that we've like had control over and if we've had one marker in our life of like mm -hmm. okay and then we work toward sharing this with everyone we yeah work toward making this into something beautiful that has meaning and then yep. getting it out in the world and being at this kind of like threshold of like okay and then once it's out it's out yeah period forever yeah totally yeah i also hadn't like i was saying it kind of snuck up on me mm -hmm. i hadn't been tracking the enormous vulnerability of the interludes mm. and putting that out to the whole whoever mm -hmm. wants to click on that. Mm -hmm. I hadn't, and they're so intimate. Yeah. And so there's part of me, there's really part of me, like you say, it's so chill. There's part of me that's just like, never mind, never mind, <laughs> yeah, never back mind, up, forget it, back yeah. it up, cancel like, it, delete it all. Yeah. We're no, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's so well, exposing, it's all so it. tender. I mean, the interludes are just like one element that is totally. that. I mean, you're describing about the trailer being literally an image of your brain. The album covers literally an image of your brain in its like most vulnerable state, not just visibly, but like before surgery. The back of the record is that just so that people aren't really confused when they see the front of the cover and think that's Morgan's brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want, I wish we could have just left them to think that that's what it was. They just like just find like, the sound. Wait, they're like, her, wait a this second. This person's brain what? is like this crazy <laughs> image of her. They already got but that. But the scan, got that. like, I would feel less vulnerable about a actual, like a photo of my naked body yes, coming I out than that. I do about this <laughs> photo of my brain. Having seen you bear your naked body readily and just confidently, I do believe He's like, I, I would sooner that. pee on the side of a highway in Next front of 14 EMTs. Police officers. Yeah. yeah. But no, like, I know. this brain one, like I have some real nausea yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, um, that wanna hide. it is such a, it is such a part of how y'all are in the world and, and, and so, so fitting and easily to make jokes about marketing and all that. But, but this, this part of the visibility, the vulnerability, the, the, I mean the journey of the last two years, three years and having this album be the kind of like arrival of all that, you know, I mean, that's it. It's how you are, how you're all choose, choose to be in the world and like no choice, but to like reveal this and, and also no choice because like you said, it's like the album's been fed by it. You know, the, the listeners don't need me to talk again endlessly about how musicians make you're going to die what it is because that's what you do. You guys being like some of the best versions of it which is why you're my dear friends and, and have done so much with what we do and continue to do stuff with us. It's because you just know whether you choose it or not, how to like come back from that stuff and give it to people in music, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what's coming out, you know? And while it's like the vulnerability right now is, uh, barely tolerable yeah. for me, to be honest, it is right. Yeah. That's if, if it didn't feel right, easy. Yeah. We don't do it, but it does feel right. And I'm just needing to kind of grow yeah. to, and let, and really let go. Yeah. It's, it feels like a death. Oh, we've yeah. just like let go and be like, okay, here's this, here's this thing that's so, so intimate. Mm -hmm. Um, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to keep my, my, 
relating to that and version of it is this constant, like say the open mic, you know, just like how often you keep saying like, okay, I'm going to get up there. And, 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 and in a way really it isn't choice. Like how I get up on stage, it's the stuff comes out and I cry and there it all is, you know? And then afterwards it's like, fuck, that was a lot. And then the next time it comes, it's like, do I really have to do this again? And then you do it again. But like, you are like slowly kind of retraining some mechanisms to be like, it's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Like what, you know, I, I mean, I could put it as strongly as like, what good is all you've been through, especially for people that are as creative and wonderful as you are with your music. What good is all that stuff if you didn't somehow make it into an album? I mean, yeah. you know, like I get like pop songs and really well-made songs that are catchy or even moving, but like part of how you're in the world with your work is this, this is what you're doing. This is what you chose before all this stuff happened. Mm -hmm. It's what you chose on the plane. You know, mm -hmm. you're just like, this is the next thing, yeah. you know? And, and, and I want to note that like you on the plane are like, our life has been pretty healthy, you know, like it's time to, you know, that's like months before shit. And by the way, we don't need to go into all the stories, but your stuff for you medically, mm -hmm. you know, since Morgan stuff, like y'all have been through it. You know, and, but again, like what other choice do you have, but to make a song? Well, uh, uh, kind of embarrassing, like moment in all of this is that in the album, we are like, okay, we know what the songs need to be. Ooh, but what, what story are we telling through <laughs> these songs and what would be the thing that would kind of tie them all together we know that thematically they all belong together but um you know what's what's the, what's the kind of like yeah. sinew between these bones or um what's connecting here and so yeah because of the way it all went down we ended up with hours worth of voice memos between the two of us explaining and documenting the like craziest shit we'd been through yeah. and then also some great voice messages that made it onto <laughs> yeah. the album yeah. now it's my turn to talk yeah. everyone yeah <laughs> i have a half hour that i want to share about what this has been like going through this with you guys um yeah i'm i'm one of the interludes and that feels like my favorite um um <clears throat> um like I know that there's ego stuff and like, I know that like I, I have feelings around mattering in the world, but I will say that like my favorite thing of all my most wonderful f friends and artists in the world is to ever be acknowledged in their art. Like really like, like some version of a dream come true or, you know, and so I'm super honored and so moved to be like any piece of it. And, and, and also I can know, I can say, and not like, you know, I, I'm not like bragging or anything, but I just like, I, I feel woven through the mm -hmm. album in a lot of ways, or mm -hmm. at least like a part of so much, not just being your friends friend, but, but also like, you know, tracks that came out of our prison, you know, mm -hmm. visits and stuff and, and that way. And, and of course, yeah, like, of you know, I'm saying, let's go back in the story. Cause really when I say, let's go back in the story of this album, I expect you to say, well, um, so anyway, we're driving to get the Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, but you, you say what is true, which is that really the story does begin at least for sure in a way in the three, three of us mm -hmm. here, 
with that like first time that we were all in one room together, which is truly like really, we were all in one room together. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to die is very much woven Mm -hmm. through us and our togetherness and everything that we make. And for me personally, actually, and I don't think you know this, Ned, is in songs that I have written over the past several years, for me, the thing is like, is this at a place where I'd want to bring it to mm-hmm. you're going to die? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this, is this true enough mm-hmm. yeah. for that space? Um, yeah. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> I'm really tickled <laughs> right now because we've, uh, we've, really admired people who can bring really unfinished things to you're going to die, especially uh, oh. Chelsea. And we recently were like, we're going to do that yeah. thing. We just wrote especially this song this Chelsea, morning. Like yeah. you're saying like Chelsea's like, I haven't finished Chelsea's this yet. Chelsea's so yeah. good at just being so like, good. I wrote this in the back. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. she always has the freshest songs to drop on us. And so we good. were like, we need to like do our part to like yes. bring that energy. And at the last you're going to die, oh, so we bad. brought this it song that was not, unfinished. It, was so it wasn't oh, bad, but God. it was, no, it was so bad, deeply I mean, unfinished. Like, no, I mean, in terms of getting, a we song got through it like it half bad. a half a line and then stopped and then like it, we could not get it out and we are not built for that particular thing. It's also harder to do that as two people. I agree. Like I'm trying Thanks to harmonize. So. I'm trying Chelsea's to harmonize got with it a easy. melody. She's yeah. up there by Anybody herself. Anybody can do it by themselves. Anybody. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, that's great. And and to bring Chelsea, Chelsea's yeah. woven through all this, of course, but Chelsea's that that first person to articulate what you just did and which is why I ever asked y'all to be a part of these events the early, you know, when I met you it was like this guy, you know. And it is what she said, which is the places you go where you want to play a song and it's like you can't just play it in a bar. Mm-hmm. You could, but like mm-hmm. And what it means to come to a space where the listening is like, we're yeah. here, we're, we're, we're as vulnerable as you are. Yeah. Like the, the listening is vulnerable, you know, or asking us to be and, and you know, how, how much of a match we are in that Such way, you know, match. so, so easily fit. Yeah. Um, which is why, you know, there was like a no brainer moment of y'all reaching out to do the, your album release show, which is uh, Tuesday, September 13th um, at Freight and Salvage. And um, just the, like, n- like I said, no brainer, that's a, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> just that, that that's just the obvious, like, of course we're, we're, you know, that's what we're going to do together, you know? And like it, it, ha- it, it mainly only has to do with everything we've shared about here. It doesn't have to do anything with like, the things that we do end up thinking about, which is like production quality and like creating something special and like being a good event producer, all that kind of stuff, you know, of course, but like it starts with everything we've shared here, you know, like these parts of our being connected and being alive together and going through these kinds of things, you know, it's just like, yep. Well, one of the things I've been loving about the, like getting ready for the show is that we've spent the last two years making something that is meant to last. Mm -hmm. And that is meant to be listened to from many different contexts and is meant to stand the test of time and stand the test of context. And it's so sweet to celebrate that with something that's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. You will either be at the Freight and Salvage on September 13th and see us perform this with 18 different musicians yeah. last count or no 21 20 like, got up is, that's, is that the count yeah. that's the truth <laughs> yeah there's gonna and be a string section there. yeah hell yes yeah 
And I just love that it's almost, for me, it feels like a rinse, actually, of how mm. much we've had to tend to imperpetuity, uh-huh. I think is the word. Yeah. And like getting to do something that's really, truly meant for all of us, whoever's in that room that night. You're right. And Well, them and their houseplants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Early invite, bring your houseplants. That track is titled The Tides, and 
you should go get the rest of it. That song and the rest of the songs on the Feelings Parade new album coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this after the date it comes out, it's available. Streaming, you can purchase the vinyl, all the things. Check it out, the Feelings Parade album, Let It Move You. And I'll put all the links in the liner notes for all the things. If this is before September 13th, you listening to this, we've got a show, the Feelings Parade album release show happening on Tuesday, September 13th. So buy your tickets for that. We hope to see you there. It'll be a beautiful night of celebration. Um, But again, all these links will be in the show notes. Nick Jana, hello. Show notes. Show notes. I just want to give a shout out to my sister who um, kindly reminded me as some feedback that I shouldn't say liner notes anymore. And so I'm very (laughs) intentionally saying show notes now. Thank you, sister. (laughs) Her nice emotionless feedback she gave me about that. Thank you, sister. (laughs) Nick's got a song in the works, it sounds like. Yeah, but they're not not lining anything. They're just... um, is that the idea? There's no liner. I don't, there's no physical I mean, I object. guess. Yeah, you're right. Right. Like, what? When would you say liner notes? Let's let's spend 20 minutes talking this through. On a vinyl album. Yeah. Good. That's good. You just circled us back to what we really should spend the rest of the time talking about. Um, this album coming out. I guess like a short because it's been such a long episode. We're going to keep it succinct for you listeners if you've made it this far. Um. And that is by asking just Nick what he felt about uh, putting this episode together, knowing all three of us, knowing the intimate things uh, about the episode, the things we talk about. So anyway, Nick, what do you, anything on your mind particularly or your heart well, that you want to say? It all starts in 2013. Okay, we'll give I you need a to half. go through this <laughs> day by day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, coincidentally, I've been laying out the... Uh, book that they're doing of their song lyrics and chords they're putting together a little little book and so like at the same time that i've been editing this episode i've been editing that oh cool and so it's been kind of like a uh, uh, sleep away camp with the feelings parade like mm. extra deep dive and you know i've been like listening to their album and like playing the chords on my guitar and like reading the lyrics and just like checking that it's all correct and then listening to this interview and it's like ah I mean, I already loved these guys, but like the extra deep dive into just like their story and their, uh, I was just telling Chelsea last night, like there's a type of songwriting that Chelsea does and that these guys do that I do not do. Mm-hmm. That is like leading hundred percent forward with our sincerity and our message. And like everything is, is directed towards that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm more from the school of like, imagery and you know like uh, associations and you know like i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i, I, I couldn't i couldn't like i couldn't like sit down in in front of a song and say exactly like it's about this one thing you know it's about I like i challenge you to do that i want I you know what i do no I listen refuse. i want i want i want you to do <laughs> your homage to chelsea and scott and morgan in a song where it's like this song oh, to write is a song? about me trying to do yeah like trying to do oh that's a good idea so actually well. yeah i do challenge i can do that yeah okay cool i, I accept okay and the uh, listeners but yeah will, no i just depending on how good it is maybe we'll share <laughs> maybe we'll share it here with everybody who especially the regular listeners who'd be like all right he better show up with that later um, but I do get what Next you, week. what you're, yeah, you have a week. I'll bring it next time. week. 
<laughs> you have a week's time. Um, I do know what you're describing but no, the music as, and I love that version of music. You know that, but um, I, I mean, the sincerity and sincerity and earnestness sometimes gets a bad rap, and there is it is the easiest thing to like shrug and just be like. Meh. Well, they said it just straightforward, you know, like, but like <laughs> I was right. listening and playing along and just crying because some mm. of the lines are just like exactly what I wish uh, someone would tell me about mm. just, you know, I don't need to go into the specifics, but like just different aspects of life and childhood and dealing with all of that stuff. It's just like, thank you for not couching this in imagery and metaphors, you know, the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love them both. Obviously, like I'm going to continue doing what I do. I love that too. But like, I, I love the, I love just getting to it and saying it. So I, I've, I've, I've had the perfect scenario for doing that of like, let me walk through each of these songs and learn the chords and, <laughs> and yeah. read the lyrics and hear their whole story and everything. And so like, I'm in, That's I'm in. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> and I, and I love our network of, of community where it's, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know the ways you're connecting, you know, like I just went up to visit Scott and Morgan and you didn't even know that until after it was over, but just knowing like that yeah. these other ways we're connected and things we're working on and ways we're just friends and we love each other, you know, and that's kind of cool to have that, especially connect what, what I'd like to take just a little more time to hear is what, what exactly are you working on? It sounds like you're working on something for them. Yeah. Uh, I assume for their album release show like a, a book that for I think for people who play an instrument who can like sit down at a piano and just or a guitar and play through the songs and sing them along cool. sing along with people you know um, just the lyrics and the chords and the and the chord deck. Oh, very you know? cool. And then little little drawings. Uh, I forget who the artist is, but they have drawings that their friend did for them. Oh, great! Um, just That's a great. just a songbook, which is a great idea for you know. It's in their spirit of community and like these songs exist outside of a recording or a show. It's just like for for everyone. You know? That's so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I imagine that'll be a, a merch option at the show. So that's pretty sweet to to find out about that and a little sneak peek for our listeners here, especially those of you in the Bay Area or who can get to the San Francisco Bay Area easily. Um, just kind of recap, check out their album, Let It Move You, which very well could be out by now if you're listening. Um, it comes out tomorrow um, <laughs> after the release date of this episode. And then also uh, the show. It's an album release show happening at Freight and Salvage in Berkeley on Tuesday, September 13th. Um, it's also going to have the singer and the songwriter, a couple other dear friends, musicians of, uh, of ours um, that work with You're Going to Die and are just a part of our lives. And then Tongo Ice and Martin, the SF Poet Laureate, will be performing at that show too. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you already know hey, yeah. on the show. You, Nick, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Have you been listening for a while, buddy? <laughs> did you listen to that episode? Um, I did. I'm, yeah. I'm talking to everybody else, Nick. Listen, hold on. Um, so check out that episode. Definitely worthwhile uh, listening to Tongo's episode. But we're going to all be there together like a party. And our first concert since before the pandemic, You're Going to Die Presents. And I'm super excited to get up on stage and cry and laugh and just run around that venue really reveling in the moment, in the party, in the like new album and the music. Uh, the feelings parade is playing their whole album from beginning to end and we will all be together in that magic so hope you can be there i can't make it i've got a i got a football going, game nope. i'm calling the football team and canceling <laughs> you have a football game okay okay that's it this episode's long thanks for listening we hope it was worth your while thank you nick for all the work as usual on this the ways you care about it especially as a musician the amount of musician guests we have i just love that like 
connectivity there um, with you and to get your hear your perspective at the back end of all the work and all the conversations in your unique way, like from where you're at in the world. Um, I yeah. just so appreciate that. So, and thanks everybody for yeah. listening. So glad you're here. Hope your ear canals had a safe and rewarding time. Until next time. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>